Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. All right, welcome to the uh, TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic back at you here on a beautiful, beautiful Wednesday in the fine city of Chicago. The big dog is off today. Sitting in chair number two, guy number two with mic number one. Or you could be guy number one with mic number two. Either way. Gets very confused. Justin Weiner, the young kid out of uh, D. Paul College in beautiful, what town in Indiana? Greencastle, Indiana. Who? Green Castle, Indiana. Green yeah. Castle, Indiana. The G Castle. What is that, like a lovely two-hour drive from the Chicago area? It's, it's a lovely about three-hour drive three from, hour. from Chicago, uh-huh. and frankly, it's one of the more boring drives I've ever had in my <laughs> life. There's a lot of corn in Indiana. There, there's a lot of contenders for the Boring Drive Award, by the way. I went to the <laughs> University of Illinois, wonderful campus, wonderful place, Champaign-Urbana, but the drive down there... I would say a top five boring drives. Oh, definitely. So there, there's been, a lot of we, we could do there. a whole show on three hour boring drives from the Chicago area. It can get it can get really bad. Yeah, but especially it's in the wintertime. It is great to have you in the studio. I know graduate of Glenbrook North High School. Don't forget now, Justin. This show is not just Chicago area. We are emanating out via the internet here to seven different continents. Your voice is being heard all over this fine planet, or seven different continents, and also parts of uh, Mississippi and Louisiana. Of course, because those are different than, uh, you know, the seven continents. We like to call them the eighth continent. <laughs> Beautiful. I know you do some producing for uh, WGN, a small station compared to our talk zone. Here. Of course. Uh, one of the smaller stations in the country. Um, yeah. You know, only like a 500-watt uh, yeah. station. All right. Don't rub it in. <laughs> Don't rub it He's already big time in us here. Two minutes and 12 seconds into his first appearance, <laughs> and the guy's going big time on the talk zone here. The coach and uh, JW, Justin Weiner, joining us here. Got lots to talk about. Actually... To be perfectly honest, not that much to talk about. It's a little bit of a uh, slow sports time. Some of us, I would be one of them, suffering a little uh, Olympic, post-Olympic uh, doldrums. I was totally into that, and now you're kind of down. NBA and NHL, you know, the playoffs haven't kicked in yet. We're just getting the hockey kind of going a little bit. I was all excited. I don't know about you, Justin. I know you're a college baseball player, so I'm assuming you're into baseball. And I was all excited about the, you know, pitchers and catchers report. And baseball is back again. So I had that baseball buzz going about a week ago. But, you know, you had mentioned what the White Sox played an exhibition B game yesterday. Yeah, it's a little uh, bit of a buzzkill. A little bit of a buzzkill. You know, you get the first spring training games tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um, but from there, it's, you know, the, uh, until opening day, yeah. it's kind of a lull. You know, you're just trying to figure out who's going to be in what spot. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Lou Pinella says that Starlin Castro is going to start at shortstop for the Chicago Cubs, uh, you know, in the first spring training game. Then he goes back in his words, says Ryan Terrio. Uh, you know, it's kind of let's see where our pieces are going to be put together when opening day starts. That's really when I get into the, the baseball is when spring training ends and that opening day kicks in. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite days of the year. Nothing like opening day baseball, about 33 degrees. You scrape the snow <laughs> and the ice off your seat. You sit down, have a frozen lemonade and a hot chocolate, and you watch baseball. It's a beautiful thing. Well, I'll tell you what. We played some college <laughs> baseball games. Oh. There was a doubleheader that it was perfect one game. It was yeah. about 55. Well, not perfect. Perfect relatively to northern baseball, 55 right. degrees. And then the second game of the doubleheader, about 28 
cold front just yeah. passes, and it's well, it's brutal. Most colleges get out by the middle of May, right? I mean, yes. College well, kids have it pretty easy. So February actually is when most that, schools start, but you can't really get outside. You can't get on. When the you field. say schools start, schools start in their terms baseball. Of baseball, yes. Um, and we actually, DePaul University has already started their baseball season. Um, and they've had six games already. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that there's also some double headers in there. But when you're north of the Mason-Dixon line, it's hard to get outside. It really is. Well, I was going to ask, and I've always wondered this, and now I've got a guy here in studio. If I'm a if I'm a, a talented high school baseball player, and I decide that I'm going to play baseball in college, and again, the college kids are out of school by mid-May, right about here in the Midwest, or as you said, north of south of Who's Mason and who's Dixon? I never liked those guys. I know all about their line. Randy Myers, our fine producer today, by the way. David Olson, our regular producer via the webcast. By the way, you're on webcast here, so smile to the camera. I don't know which camera's on. Whichever uh, camera. Yeah. But uh, Randy is uh, producing the show today, and uh, I've always been uh, familiar with the line, Randy. But I never know who who is Mason and Dixon, and how did they get that line? I'm not even sure. See that? It's just yeah, one of those history. Education a, it's just one of those history terms that always uh-huh. came up that was never really explained. All right. What did you have? Math, Spanish, baseball, 001, <laughs> baseball, 002. Oh, ba- there was plenty of baseball classes. But if you're again, if you're a high school kid and you want to go play college baseball, that, not, that's my point. And I'm going to fire on you if, if I'm going to play baseball in college, and I know the season in college ends in mid-May. I, I'm either going to head west. Or I'm going to head south. I'm not going to go north, or I'm not going to go east, or stay in the area where it's freezing cold. So, uh, ex- oh, bitch, bitch, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> hey, I'm not bitching. I'm, you know, it's, I'm, I, I never had the opportunity to play. I'd like to hear it from a young kid here. Was it lack of opportunities, or what made you want to stay here? Well, it was also the uh, radio program for DePaul University. That was kind of my main goal, and I said baseball was secondary because I didn't think that I was going to get past the college level. I thought okay. I could play at the college level, but. So you're never going to go far in this industry. Right <laughs> off the bat, Randy, a man who has foresight and forethought, thinking about his education and his future over sport, he will go nowhere. This could be the final show, Justin Weiner. I'm kidding you, of course. That's well, that's it, very mature thinking. Yeah, and, and I kind of thought of my career before uh, before my actual athletic career, and I said DePaul's a great school. I was actually a fourth generation, um, I guess you could call it a legacy there. So I knew the school. I had two uncles and a cousin that went there. So I knew, all right, this is a good school, great education, that type of thing. And I, well, I got to be honest, it gets, it gets a little old when you're playing in cold weather at the beginning of your season for about the first month and a half, two months. It really, my senior year last year, we had probably the most warm games. And by warm, I mean Mm -hmm. above 55 degrees. And I've, I've said it many times. Baseball is a wonderful game as a player, as a coach or as a spectator, it's a phenomenal game. It's a great game. It's brutal in cold weather. Awful. It's one of the. It, it yeah. is hands down. And yeah. I was an outfielder. You sit out in center yeah. field. There is nothing worse than sitting out in center field in twenty degree yeah. weather with the wind yeah. blowing behind your and back. Then your, and your pitcher can't get the ball. <laughs> exactly. Over the and you get a guy working slow. And come on, oh, throw I'd, it a damn ball. I'd be screaming at the right oh, fielder, telling him we need to get out of this inning. Just mm-hmm. screaming at him because we'd be sitting there freezing. And it it made it even worse when the snow was melting and the ground was wet, mm-hmm. and you had to dive in the ground. Just nor if you're a college, if or I should say, if you're a high school kid and you want to play baseball, my college coach is not going to like this. But go south, or go west, or go west, go west, young man. Go go south of the Mason Dixon line, the okay. 
or go west, go out yeah. to California, Arizona, mm-hmm. somewhere where the temperature is above 50 degrees. Ladies and gentlemen, due to foresight and professional preparation, he passed up a USC, passed up UCLA, <laughs> turned down a Florida, passed up some of those schools to Paul University in beautiful Greencastle, Indiana. That's what I call dedication to the job. It, You know what? I, I said... I love my passion for broadcasting. I'm going to take that over baseball. Beautiful. Now, most importantly, here as we talk some baseball here, a little spring training. And by the way, let's throw the phone number out. Uh, if you'd like to join us here, any sports thought. And Justin, I don't know if you've heard the show much before, but we are wont uh, more than often to jump off the sports page as well. So we'll get into some other things as the show goes on. 888-463-6748, the number again, 888-463-6748. Give us a call. Talk some sports here on the two Guys at a Mike show. We also have an email available. Uh, it is Mike Two Guys at AOL.com. M I C and the number two. Mike Two Guys AOL.com. Real quick, the question we have to ask you, as we do all Chicago sports fans: Cubs, Sox, or both? White Sox fan. One hundred percent White Sox. There fan. was a pause there. I'm. A, you know, I was brought up a White Sox fan. I'm a a, a South Side fan on the north on the North Side. Yeah. But I will say that I am not a Cubs hater like many White Sox fans. I'm a baseball fan. I will root for the Cubs all the way to the playoffs until they play the White Sox in the World Series, and then I'm a White Sox fan. Mm-hmm. Flat out. See, that's good spirit. Good. We don't have enough of those uh, opinions around, it seems like. And you're well aware. We got, again, we got listeners all over the country, and I don't know. In New York, I think it's pretty much the same things with the Mets and the Yankees. Uh, but the prevailing opinion is right, you're weak. You got to root for one. You're not a real fan if you don't root for one team and you know and hate the other team. I'm with you. I see, yeah. but I would I would disagree with that. Yeah. Now there, I used to be a fan that just couldn't stand the Cubs because I had friends that would just throw it in my face that the Cubs went to the playoffs and this and that. Mm-hmm. And what the White year Sox, was that again? Yeah, exactly. That was back when uh, I believe it was a certain name Bartman. Uh, <sighs> Just trying to remember. There hasn't been that many years we've gone to the playoffs, so I'm trying but, to soak up every moment I can. Exactly. And, and frankly, it was more the Cubs had a better record, and, and I always have an ongoing bet or an ongoing friendly bet that the, the White Sox will have a better record than the Cubs. But I used to be that fan that would hate on the Cubs because mm-hmm. I had to. They hated on the White Sox, so I felt I should reciprocate. However, I've gotten to that point now where I just like watching good baseball. And... I mean, I don't know if I could call either of our teams in Chicago good baseball right now, but they're on their way. Mm-hmm. They're on their way to that point. And especially with the new owner and Tom Ricketts, I think the Cubs are in the right position to move forward mm-hmm. and finally get that World Series ring back in Chicago yeah. on, on the north side. Certainly work when they change, not exactly a new owner, but when they change the lead owner for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks to work. Hopefully the Cubs get that same bump, that same push. They're on the step in the uh, – Right directions, although on the negative side, they did raise the ticket prices, didn't like that. On the positive side, most importantly, while they are remodeling the bathrooms and the washrooms, the Ricketts <laughs> family did not get rid of the troughs in the uh, ba- in the washrooms. Which is an integral part of the Wrigley Field experience. Integral. I don't know how you can explain that to, uh, you know, we may have some people listening in the Mideast right now, down in South America. I don't know how you can get across the importance, the great tradition. Well, that's I mean, kinda, you're you're yeah. probably a fourth-generation Wrigley Field use-the-trough guy. Probably. Right? I mean, that's yes. four generations of using those Wrigley Field washrooms. You spruce them up too much, get rid of the troughs, boom. The generations are shot. It's done. And, and frankly, yeah. 
it's it's like explaining someone from Kansas City barbecue <laughs> to someone from Memphis. It just yes. doesn't, you know, it yeah. doesn't work. That's a good analogy. Uh, 888-463-6748. Real quick, let's go out to the phone lines. Check it in on line number 23. It's Chicago Jack. Check it in. Jack, how are you? I'm good. How you doing, Jack? The first 22 lines we forgot about went right out to line 23. How about that? Hey, that's a pleasure. I'm glad to get on here. Beautiful. What's up, Jack? Well, I wanted to know if Justin, uh, what Justin thought about the uh, University of Miami's baseball team this year. <laughs> they, they couldn't beat DePaul. No, they could, of course not. But uh, you know what, Jack? Uh, the University of Miami baseball team, as always, is going to be a contender. Um, and frankly, I, the, it, it is a team that when you go down south, mm-hmm. Jack, it, it's always much better to play baseball down south, and especially when you have alumni such as Alex Rodriguez, although he never technically enrolled. Not familiar with him. Uh, played at Miami. Never technically enrolled at the uh, University of Miami. Really? You ever hear that story? I did not. Mariners, uh, and I'm How sure. How many years was he at uh, University of Miami? Zero. <laughs> Okay. He was at Miami Zero, and I'm sure that uh, Jack would be able to tell us this story as well. Is yeah, I'd be happy to tell it to you if you want me to tell it to you. Are, are you a University of Miami grad, Jack? I am. And you went there more than zero years, I'm assuming. I actually went there and got my undergraduate and master's degree there. Uh, so you're the one. I'm the what, one guy. What, what's the story? <laughs> well, A-Rod was actually uh, enrolled at the University of Miami, and uh, the rules stated that if you went to the first class, you had to uh, leave and go back into the draft. And uh, the, the Mariners didn't believe him when he uh, he was offered a million dollars. His mother said it wasn't enough. She told him to go to school. And literally as he was walking into the classroom, the scout for the Mariners came out and said, we'll give you the million and a half you asked for. Wow. He never went into class and never went to school there. Wow. Is there like a chair or a shrine at the University of Miami <laughs> for the one classroom he did at least walked into? Well, he uh, he felt strongly enough about the U to, to donate a significant amount of money, and That's they remodeled cool. the field this year, and uh-huh. it's now the Alex Rodriguez Field. That's cool. So they named the field after him, even though he never actually attended school. Of course, you donate millions of dollars, and they'll name a field after you, too. Money talks. Of Interesting. Course. That sounds... Do you remember the basketball player, Jack? I'm not sure if you're of my generation or Justin's or somewhere in the vast in-between, but uh, there was a basketball player, I'm pretty sure... Moses Malone back in the day who went to the University of Maryland for like one day and then decided to go to the pros. Do I got the name right and that story right? I, you know, I, I, I don't know. My, uh, my son actually went to the University of Maryland and he might okay. be able to tell you, but I don't know. All right. Beautiful. Well, how, Miami's team this year, I'm assuming, uh, top 10. Who's their coach? I want to say a guy named Dade or something. Uh, uh Morris. Morris, tenth Morris. ranked in the country. They actually, okay. they actually face the Marlins in in spring training. They're, really, they're one of those teams that is cool. good enough to uh-huh. uh, have the opportunity to face some of the major league teams in spring training. Mm-hmm. You get teams some like Boston College actually will play teams. Arizona State will play teams because mm-hmm. of the uh, they're in the vicinity of the Grapefruit League as well as the um, cool. the. Cactus League. Kind of neat for the college kids. Of course. You get, get to, to play. play some big namers. Beautiful. Well, Jack, Justin making his initial appearance here on Two Guys at a Mike TalkZone.com. If he becomes famous down the road in a big time talk show host TV radio, remember, remember this day where he got his start. I know Justin won't, but uh, we'll remember this first day on the TalkZone.com. Love the show. Thanks. Thank you, Jack. See? Ten years from now, you won't even, you know, I'll come up to you and say, hey, Justin, you remember me? Who? What? <laughs> No, see, I uh, I always remember the people that got me on the air. He says that now, Randy Myers. 
I guarantee the two of us will come up probably in an autograph signing session. And we'll, you know, remember back that one show that we did. It's like, Eric, get out of here, guys. <laughs> Next in line. Not a chance. Not a not chance. A chance. Oh, okay. He says yeah. that. Not now. a chance. He says that. I'm like a, spurn, a, uh, a scorned lover. He's not a chance, huh? Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Jack drops off the line and leaves 15 other lines wide open. Hate when that happens. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You can email us at Mike two guys at AOL dot com. Again, that's M I C and the number two. And uh, real quick before we head to our first break, Justin. Uh, Anything going on in Chicago area now with Cubs and Sox in the preseason, the spring training, uh, and, and you like the Sox is your first love, so I'll ask you that. Uh, things you like the most from the uh, first week and maybe a couple of concerns for you. Well, my biggest concern is the fifth starter uh, because as much as I want to say that Freddie Garcia is going to be the fifth starter that we'd like yep. him to be, I think that what Ozzy has said he's going to do is keep Jake Peavy and Mark Burley as their number one, two. Mm-hmm. And then you have Gavin Floyd and John Danks that he can throw in there against righties or lefties yeah, based pretty, upon the line. pretty solid four right there. That's a good four. I but mean, you could, you could be the fifth, and I'd feel pretty good with that. <laughs> to be honest, I think that Freddie Garcia is past his prime. Uh, what? But, what are you talking uh, about? Yeah, exactly. I can so pitch. I think he's still got back problems, too. But I don't. I'm really worried about that fifth starter because when you got that fifth starter in there, you're going to need him to face some number ones every once in a while just mm-hmm. because of the arms. I don't really feel confident with Freddie Garcia out there. Mm-hmm. And I think the the hitting is going to be there. Uh, we're still lacking a, a, a strong power left-handed bat. But other than that, I I, I saw in the Chicago Tribune yesterday, they, they picked us to only have about 80, 80 wins, I believe it was. I gotta yeah. be honest. I think it's gonna be more than that. They're gonna be over 500. Me and Randy yesterday, uh, right after the show, we went down the entire Chicago White Sox schedule, wins and losses. We've got them for I think we had 74 wins, 82 losses, and eight games. We just couldn't decide. Yeah, on that team sure did suck last night. What? They just plain sucked. Well, I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. <laughs> Not sure what the hell that was, but uh, yeah, we we got I, I, there's a, a big span that the White Sox could go. You could say that probably about most major league teams right now. There's a downside. Not every team. I mean, Red Sox and Yankees, their downside's a lot less. For both the Cub and the Sox, there are scenarios where both teams could be pretty bad. Well, the Cubs start off with one of the easiest schedules in the National League. Their their first, I believe it's 30 games, are against teams below 500 last year. So they have an opportunity to jump ahead and really get ahead of the game in the NL Central mm-hmm. as well as in the NL playoff race. Now, the, now once they get down the road, once they get past those first 30 games, schedule starts to get a little tougher. They get into divisional games as well. Mm-hmm. So I think the Cubs have a better shot to start their season off on a positive note than the White Sox do because the White Sox schedule, uh, I mean, you, you start with, you know, you start with games against, um, I believe it's you've got the. See, uh, I think we got the White Sox schedule. Their marketing department is outstanding. They, by the way, yeah, uh, they here, are. Here, 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 on second page of the yeah, uh, Cleveland, we gotta, Minnesota, Minnesota huh? to start, um, and then you go on a, a six-game road trip to Toronto and then to Cleveland. Two out of three in Toronto, Cleveland. Yeah, we think? lose two out of three there. I've analyzed the pitching really? matchups already. Yep. You think so? Yeah. Now here's my here's my issue is, what is <laughs> how do you know what Ozzy's going to do? Is that's huh? that's the issue? Is where how do you know that Ozzy's going to throw Danks or if he's going to throw Floyd little, or if he's going to throw Garcia? I had some inside sources talk to Ozzy's inside sources. We got things straightened out. I pretty much got the whole pitching rotation set for the entire year. 
74 <laughs> wins, give or take a couple. Randy had him for 76. I had him for 72. You know, we'll go somewhere around 74. And that is if Jake Peavy can stay healthy, by the way, which is going to be a big key. Big question mark. Yeah. But I love Justin, a true baseball fan. We're going to take a quick break here, 888-463-674. You know you're a baseball junkie when it is, I almost said February, when it's March 3rd, it's 33 degrees out, and he's worried about the number five starter of his baseball team. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> All right. Quick break. Back in a minute. TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic. Back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. All right, we're back at the TalkZone.com. The big dog, Joe Radwanski, off today, getting a little uh, psychological training. So is our producer, David Olson. Phil and producer doing a great job all week long the master of our engineering here, Mr. Randy Myers. I call him the doctor, Dr. Randy Myers, because if there's any problems with engineering or producing, he makes house calls. He will take care of it. The guy's unbelievable technician. So Randy Myers helping us out. Justin Weiner joining us, first time here, WGN producer, uh, Glenbrook North High School graduate and also a graduate of DePaul, not DePaul. I'm sure not you've DePaul, heard that way too much over your career. Oh, it's Oh, it's you go brutal. to DePaul? No, no, no. DePaul. Especially being from around the Chicagoland area, yes. you get, oh, you go to DePaul in the city. I didn't know they had a baseball team. Yep. No, DePaul no. Yes. with a W. Yeah, it gets a little frustrating. Green Castle, Indiana. I've never Beautiful. visited a Green Castle. Gorgeous. i got to check it out. A couple <laughs> of ste- good steak and shakes there? Uh, not even. What? In not Indiana even. City without a good steak and shake? Not even a steak and shake. Wow. Shocking. Now, they do have a great side. How about a, a Kmart? No Kmart. Walmart. The other Mart. Yeah. It is the, one of the smallest towns I have ever been in. Uh-huh. It, it's almost as if you you want to go through the town square, it's going to take you five seconds. What's the uh, drinking age in Indiana these days? Uh, well, legal or when they start <laughs> drinking. Uh, we, your parents might be watching, so let's say legal. <laughs> 21. 21. Yeah. Oh, it's a smile on the face, folks. Thank goodness we're webcasting this show. As he says 21, the body language says about 16 and a half. All right. Now, uh, somebody texted in. We got some information here. We asked the scintillating question that has been on the tips of everybody's tongues out there. You mentioned the Mason-Dixon line, and I was wondering who is. We're all familiar with the line. I'm a big fan of the line. I, you know, take some family vacations there sometimes. We'll just. It's a long line. Um, it's not that long. 
There's a couple of spots you go to. It's a very nice line. You go to one side of the line, you jump back and forth. It's a cheap vacation. You drive home, the kids get a thrill. There you go. But, uh, you know, I was trying to think, you know, the only ones I could think of, Perry Mason, the great TV lawyer, and Alan Dixon, the ex-senator from the University of Illinois, but I'm guessing that's not who it was named after. Actually, no. This is this is information coming from actually my Uncle Jack, uh, Uncle Jack Weiner. Uncle Jack! Um, and, Thank uh, you, Uncle Jack! Charles Mason and Jeremiah Dixon in the resolution of a border dispute between the British colonies and colonial America symbolizes a cultural boundary between the North and the South. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you couldn't have put it better. Couldn't have taken the words out of my mouth any better than that. Well, thank you again to uh, Uncle Jack, a fine listener to the program. i, I got to be honest. I had no idea. Yeah. And I went through many years of higher education. Mm -hmm. No clue. Well, I went through many years of lower education, and I didn't have a crew either. So it goes to show you, you can go to any school, folks. Exactly. You don't need to pay $40,000 to get a good education. All right, back to the sports here, 888-463-6748. Give us a call, Justin Weiner and the coach, with you right up until 11 o'clock. Want to get to some college hoops in a little bit. Also, the uh, NFL Combine, a couple of other stories, but just sticking on the baseball front, we kind of covered the White Sox, your thoughts. And I love the fact that you're, even though you root for the Sox, you're not a Cub hater. I've always felt the same way. You know what? I mean, I, I think the same thing could apply to New Yorkers. Most people would disagree. But I grew up in the city of Chicago. I root for the Chicago team. We happen to have one in the American League. We happen to have one in the National League. I'm sorry. I root for both teams. Now, like you, if they played in the World Series, I probably am a little more favored to the Cubs. So I'd probably root for the Cubs if the two of them played. But, you know, bottom line is, they're Chicago teams. I root for them both. You kind of feel the same way. 100%. I will root for both teams, uh, again, until you get to that point where they're playing each other. Or mm -hmm. if they're playing in the Crosstown series, I'm obviously rooting for the White Sox. I'm a White Sox fan. I'm a diehard White Sox fan. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not a, a Cubs hater. Um, and, and I think that you bring up the point with New York. I think it's the same there as well. However, many Yankee fans... Um, don't like anyone else in the AL besides right. themselves, of course. Yeah. Um, and when you look at the Cubs this year, I think they have a, a, a good opportunity to start their season. Like I said, they've got a very favorable schedule in the first about 30 games. But the you've got the problem is half their pitching staff is not healthy. That was what I want to get to is that they're very there's a lot of question marks, a lot of question marks in the pitching staff. Uh, you, you know, you have Angel Guzman who's got a knee issue, and he's got a knee. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you also have a question mark at shortstop. Who's your shortstop, or who's your second baseman? You mm -hmm. got you have two, you have two positions there, where you have Ryan Terrio, you have Mike Fontenot, who you'd like to throw in there, but is he gonna is he gonna hit well enough to stay at that position? Is he gonna produce for you mm -hmm. well enough? I think Terrio will, but Fontenot is that's a big question mark there mm -hmm. in your lineup. That's a big question mark. I like the addition of Marlon Bird though. I think he is a very hard worker, and I think when you put in Rudy Jaramillo, you've got a great chance to improve the seasons. And for those uh, listeners outside the Chicago area, again, um, out in the Middle East, possibly in Australia listening to the show, who and or what is a Rudy Jaramillo? Rudy Jaramillo, the hit new hitting... Is that how you pronounce hitting, it? Rudy Jaramillo. I, uh, you know, I thought it was Jaramillo. <laughs> then again, uh, I Armadillo? Thought, huh? Armadillo. Him too. Exactly. Uh, no, Rudy Jaramillo, the new hitting coach for the uh, Chicago Cubs, yes. came over from the Texas Rangers, um, was one of those guys that petitioned the Cubs to get Marlon mm -hmm. Byrd because he said he was a hard worker. And, and, and many of the, 
the preseason press conferences and in the spring training press conferences, he he is the number one fan of Marlon Byrd. Yeah, he's but, the anti Milton Bradley, by the way. Exactly. Well, Milton he's not an anti Milton Bradley. <laughs> well, there's a few other questionable attitudes out there, but uh, everything we've seen so far and heard from Marlon Byrd, fan friendly, says the right things, good defensive outfitter, can hit with some power. And again, everybody's got high hopes on March third. Hopefully, we're saying the same thing in the middle of May. But uh, he's looking very good, patrolling center field for the beloved Cup. Well, you look at some other guys like Alfonso Soriano, who did, who had a down season hitting wise last year. Yep. And you bring in a, a new hitting coach that has had success in Texas. You'd think that that would be a Let's recipe so. for success. Let's hope so. However, is it going to be Rudy Jaramillo? You know his instruction that's going to get them to that point, or is it mm-hmm. just going to be them getting back to that baseline, back to that norm? Yeah, I think in the off season, again, inside sources tell me Alfonso has been consulting with <laughs> Bear quarterback Jake Cutler, hoping to turn things around. They've been having a few meetings together, so I don't know if that's going to help or hurt. But <laughs> I don't know if yikes. I would be consulting with Jake Cutler on many things. By the way, you said he had a down season hitting. And I'm trying to think, okay, now fielding, it certainly wasn't an up-season fielding. Well, and then we got Alfonso Soriano a couple of years ago. Man, a guy who can steal 40 bases, all of a sudden he can barely run out of ground ball to first base. So in typical Cub luck, and you're young, but you're, you, you've been around long enough to know the uh, great Cub luck where they make trades and pick up acquisitions, but this fast, quick speedy outfielder that we picked up all of a sudden in the Cubs, he aged like 15 years in a year and a half. He well, runs like uh, Rudy Jaramillo now. Exactly. And I think that uh, that Soriano, you look at how, how well he has played over his career, but it's uh, you wonder, and I guess you wonder with a lot of guys nowadays with the steroids, did Soriano do steroids? Because when the when you get off the steroids, mm-hmm. and I was listening the other day and heard uh, Mark McGuire's brother talk about this, when you oh. get off those steroids, your body breaks down. Absolutely breaks down. You look at Eric Gagne, who was a stud, an absolute stud for the Dodgers. Yep. All of a sudden, he gets off the steroids, and he has elbow issues. He has shoulder issues. The tendons just, they can't keep up. So I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not speculating, but that's also a question that's going to be in everyone's minds. Did Soriano, was he on steroids? Mm-hmm. If he has another bad season, that's going to that's going to increase the questions. Mm-hmm. Because Soriano's a guy that when he was with the Yankees, you saw him hitting 40 home runs, stealing 40 bases. And that's that's what he can do. That's it's what a, the Cubs and the that's Tribune what, ownership exactly. paid millions of dollars to get. And he has not no. obviously lived up to yeah. that expectation. By the way, it is our new betting coach, Rudy Jaramillo. God bless you. Uh, hopefully, similar to Ron Turner, the Bears offensive coordinator, I know a big part of his game plan is like throwing two or three yards to the side. <laughs> Actually, the ball sails 15 yards, but it goes two yards. I'm hoping part of Rudy Jay's batting philosophy is not swinging a ball three feet off the outside corner of the plate with a three and one count. Which is a thing that Soriano does quite it's, often. It's become a Cub tradition with yeah, too many players. Clearly. and uh, That's not frankly, in his hitting playbook? I, I hope not. Okay. I would hope not for the Cubs' sake. Because when you swing at a ball that's above your eyes or a ball that is three yeah. feet outside that's going to hit into mm-hmm. the dirt and go for a wild pitch, yeah. but yet you swing... That's pretty embarrassing. Future superstar Felix P.A. had that problem. Future superstar Corey Patterson had that problem. And, of course, one of my favorite Cubs, and he had a great career. It would have been better if he didn't have that problem with Shawan Dunson. I don't know if you're young enough to I remember. remember he Sean survived Dunson. that, but he was the same way. Yep. And, and, and to be honest, Sammy Sosa had the same problem. 
Well, Sammy Sosa was a free swinger. He was just I mean, it well, didn't matter. he was going to swing at anything that was in the strike zone or close to the strike zone, which is also why he struck out just as many times as he hit home runs, mm-hmm. essentially, yeah. or more more times than yeah. when he hit and home it's runs. okay to say you're a free swinger. Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero is probably the best quote unquote free swinger I've ever seen. Well, he's a great, uh, and this is kind of. Uh, the saying is almost oxymoronic, but he's a great bad ball pitcher, yeah. or I should say hit. bad ball hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, he can hit a pitch that is at his feet out of the park because it's almost an all or nothing swing. Right. Now his hands are quick enough and he, he's strong enough that he can get the bat through the zone mm-hmm. and get it to that, that pitch wherever it is. But there aren't very many of those in Major League Baseball, even in the history of Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. bad pitch hitters all right talk a little baseball here with up and coming radio slash tv guy justin weiner do a little producer at wgn nice enough to come in and, uh, do a show here on two guys and a mic high school baseball player college baseball player spring training is kicking off any of our baseball fans out there you want to check in talk about your favorite team we are right here for you triple eight four six three six seven four eight the phone number again you can email us at mike Two guys at AOL.com, M-I-C, number two, AOL.com. Um, we had this question come up, I think, uh, a couple of days ago with the big dog, and maybe you would know a little bit, Justin. Pro teams, major league teams, when they work out before their exhibition games, the preseason, the spring training, how much do they work on situations? Um, you know, things like hitting behind the runner. I think the example we brought up, simple stuff that a Pony League team, a high school team would do. How much do they take for granted at the major league level? And I think the example we use is at the major league level, does a coach with a fungo bat put all nine players out there and hit pop-ups over the third baseman's head, left fielder coming in, shortstop going back, third baseman coming out between the pitcher, first base, and catcher? Just Situations like that, do they take it for granted at the major league level, or do you think that's stuff they actually work on? Somewhat they take it for granted. Um, even at the college level, they, they take it for granted that the kids know, okay, there's a tweener ball. I know that the outfielder is going to take it over the infielder uh, if he's calling it. However, they still do practice it, and, and one of the other things that they do is during batting practice, they'll take rounds where one round will be, I'm going to take six cuts and I'm going to hit it to the opposite side. Okay. Or I'm going to, hit, this will be a hit and run. And then mm-hmm. you have the guys running around the bases as well after they hit. Uh, but I don't think it's as much taking it for granted as it is just a lack of execution. It's almost like NBA players not being able to shoot free throws. When you can't shoot a free throw, as an NBA player, as a professional basketball mm-hmm. player, that's embarrassing. Shaquille O'Neal's free throw shot is embarrassing. Yeah, you know, I don't mind if they're bad free throw shooters. Part of it is if you got a huge hand, try shooting a tennis ball into true. a basket. It's hard. So a couple of thoughts there. One, I don't mind if they are bad free throw shooters if they have good form. But when I see guys that are horrible free throw shooters, and our webcasting audience can see me now, and, and you know, they shoot something like this where you pull your hand back, you know, if you arch up, soft follow-through, and you still struggle, okay, I can live with that, but their form is terrible. Some yeah. of the bad free throws. Change your form, and the other uh, thing I would do, you know what, for the, the big guys that can't make free throws, shoot them underhand. Rick Rick Barry is hanging say, around. It, it worked for Rick Barry. He's like 65 years old right now. He's out of a job, although he did marry a, uh, another young lady, so he, he might be. Might be busier than we think. I don't know how much free time he's got right now, but he is more than willing to teach any of those players, and he said so on radio interviews, the underhand shooting technique. So I have 
very little sympathy for bad NBA free throw shooters who have bad form. You know, try something different. Go to the underhand. But we digress. So that they do work on drills a little bit, but yes. a lot of it you're saying they do take for granted. There, there's a good amount that they take for granted. And, I, and again, I'm not saying this as a, as a fact. I've I've watched some spring practices. I've mm-hmm. been out there, and they do work on fundamentals. You know, they have what's called PFP, uh, PFPs, which is pitcher fielder practice. Ah. So it'll be you know a ground ball. They they field it and they throw to first or throw mm-hmm. to third or All throw right. to second. So they work on the basics. Mm-hmm. However, at that level. It's more of the minor leaguers that are working on that than it is the major leaguers. Yeah. Um, even in the hitting practices, in the batting practice rounds, like I said, you will go through stages where you'll say, mm-hmm. all right, these next four cuts are going to be hit and runs, or it's going to be a runner on second, one out, or less than two out, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, now, do they execute every time? Probably not. They don't execute in the games either way. All right, I want to head out to the phone lines. I want to bring up, because uh, I know Jimmy Pierce will work with some of the young Cub outfielders and None of them would even listen to what he was trying to teach. Some of the basic, you know, actually not basic stuff, some of the intricacies of outfield play. And I remember him talking about on other radio stations how the players wouldn't even listen to him. The young guys coming up today. But let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talkzone.com, two guys at a mic. He checks in on line number 16. It's Jim B. checking in. JB, how are you? Yeah, doing pretty good, guys. Uh, enjoying the show. You're right. The, they don't practice fundamentals in the major leagues except for uh, in spring training. There's only one team that does it before every baseball game, and it's the Yankees. Other than that, all, no other team has like a, a regimented, like physical or uh, what do you call it, like practice regime before the game. And, it, and uh-huh. it's kind of funny that the team that's won the most championships is the one that does it. <laughs> I'm slightly distracted as Jim B uh, makes his phone call here up on the screen. JB ESPN is showing highlights of bare-chested fat people that have distracted free-throw shooters. Am I right, Jesse? Do they have the Cupid guy <laughs> from Utah State? I, You know what? I'm not even sure what team, but they are fat people with the roly-poly going. They got the shirt off. These are highlights of free-throw distractions, and you were just talking about free-throw shooting, Justin, so I, <laughs> I get distracted a little bit. But So it begs the question, why would the Yankees be the only team? Is it just a tradition? That the greatest team, the highest paid team that does that, what would be the explanation for that? Uh, well, I know it's tradition. So, they, like, uh, Miller Huggins started it, and the Yankees have continued to do it, and it's kind of funny that that's the team that seems to execute the best year in and year out. And, and you guys are talking free throw shooting. Why doesn't Shaquille O'Neal shoot uh, granny style? Why don't these players? I don't understand it. Shaquille O'Neal said it straight up. He said, I would rather miss my free throws than look like that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that's the only thing that I feel like about Shaquille O'Neal that bothers me because, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Jordan couldn't shoot free throws, and you know what he started doing? He started working on it when he was in college. He got up to 85%. So if you're a, a guard or a forward, uh, you should be able to shoot at least 85%. Mm-hmm. And, Coach, can you please tell me at least one guy in the history, or Justin, could you help Coach out here, who's one guy that has good form free throw shooting that doesn't make them? Good point. There's probably some that, you know, maybe not 52%, but maybe some in the six, high 60s that, you know, have real nice form and don't make them. But your point is well taken. Justin, I know you played uh, basketball at the highest level except high school, college, or pro. Of course. Uh, you were third-team all-intramurals at Glenbrook North in basketball, right? Hey, uh, we, we won the intramural title See that? for two straight years. That's a tremendous honor. great. Tremendous honor. And we had to shoot Better free throws. Better than the varsity in, on, uh, at Lutheran North. <laughs> well, I, I got to be honest. We had to shoot free throws in inter- intramurals, and even in the intramural level, kids were making free throws. Yeah. 
you get into the NBA and even the guys now Chris Paul is a guy that makes his free throws but he also has good form. I don't I can't think of very many people that if you have good form but yet you lack the touch is what we're kind of trying to get to at this right. point. But I can't think of is one guy, Scotty Pippen. Remember, because he always used to shoot them long, and they'd hit off the back of the iron and shoot out. Because he shot like sixty-seven percent, but he mm-hmm. didn't. He didn't. He looked athletic when he shot his free throw. Yeah, P- Pippen is one of the guys that I was going to mention. Is that he looked like he knew what he was doing, but he ne- not he didn't necessarily hit above seventy-five percent or didn't hit an eighty percent clip. Mm-hmm. You want a guy that is a guard or a forward like. Like Jim's saying, you want them to get to that 75% or more clip on the free throws. Because if you don't, then you can lose games that way, big time. When when there's no time running off the clock, it's an easy way to lose a game if you miss free throws. Jim B., did you see, I don't know if you happen to watch, Syracuse Villanova, great college basketball game. Saturday night, they had the record uh, crowd for an on-campus game, 36,000-plus. And I forget his name, the Syracuse Center shooting 38% from the free throw line, and it set up on the screen when he was shooting second worst percentage in the last 10 years in college basketball. I don't know if you caught that or not, but there's a guy who should be shooting free throws underhand, 38%. Why not? Or maybe use the bank or something. There's got to be something better for that guy to do. Uh There really has. How do you like that? You're a college kid, and and the, the, the scroll underneath as you're at the free throw line, not second worst this year, second worst percentage in the last decade, in the last 10 years. Oh, talking about taking a cheap like shot. Like I said, that. it's embarrassing. Yeah. Of it's course, a, the guy got 12 rebounds and 16 points. So of I don't course. Know embarrassing, but. Well, it, it's not his, his play on the court isn't embarrassing, but when he's at the free throw line, I wouldn't want to be a guy that's mm-hmm. completely missing a free throw or airballing yeah. a free throw. When you yeah. look on Sports Center or, or any highlight show, that's embarrassing. Yeah. If I was that athlete, does I would it, be does embarrassed. Does it snowball for him, Justin? Like, they get so afraid that all of a sudden, just, all of a sudden you just can't make one at one point? Well, I, to be honest, if if they're if it's going through their head that, okay, if I miss this free throw, then I'm going to be the laughing stock of SportsCenter, <laughs> I, they can't be playing at that level. I mean, if, if you're at that point where you can't block out the bad, per se, then how are you going to compete at an even higher level in the NBA? Or even if you're in the NBA and you're worried about airballing a free throw, you're already at the highest level. So I can't, I mean, and they're also getting a, a fat paycheck even if they miss the free throw. So that's the other reason. All right, Jim B., we appreciate the call. Anything else on your mind before we uh, send you back to your working world? I do hope you're working today, Jim B. Uh, yes, I'm going to go work on my fundamentals, fellas. Great show, great show. Beautiful. Protect the basketball. Remember to triple threat. And uh, don't forget to box out on the weak side, all right? There it is. Jim B. checking in. You can, too. 888-463-6748. Justin, we're going to take our final break here. Come back. The one hour flies. One hour does fly. Time flies when you're having a mediocre time. I found that out here on thetalkzone.com. All right, quick break. Randy Myers giving us the uh, flag signal. We'll be back. Justin Weiner sitting in for the big dog today. Dial it up. Any sports questions you got, 
back indeed here in the TalkZone.com. Two guys in a mic final segment here. J.W. Just a Wine of the Pride and Joy of DePaul University joining us here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. We kind of transferred a little bit in that last discussion from uh, baseball to collegiate basketball yesterday's. Theme of the show, Justin, I don't know how much of a basketball fan you are, but uh, was Let the Madness Begin. It is that time of year. The conference tournament started yesterday. It goes, what, to April 4th. So we got about one month mm-hmm. of basketball action. Are you a uh, college hoops guy? 100%. There, There is not a better time than March Madness, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. you, you have that selection Sunday. And then, and I remember this actually in school. We would have, in, in one of our classes, our, our actually broadcasting class, we would have a March Madness party where we would watch the games all day. Cool. All day. In broadcasting class. Of course. See? Of course. Now, it wouldn't be in math there's, class, algebra, geometry, anything like that. Or there's any class. young kids out there uh, listening, <laughs> thinking of majoring in you know, biotechnonics or uh, maybe engineering, something like that. A good example why you want to go into broadcasting, folks. Well, yeah. and When in doubt, go radio. And frankly, the the... The best part about the college <laughs> basketball, this whole March madness, yep. is that these teams are playing for that national championship. Yes. You know, they're not playing for the paycheck. They're playing to get that, that trophy, mm-hmm. and they're playing their hearts out, and it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if you're watching, you know, the playoff NBA where these teams want that championship. Mm-hmm. Well, they also get a fat bonus in their, in their paycheck as well, but yep. when you get into that, you know, the playoff atmosphere, things start to heat up a bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a local team that took a big hit yesterday was the Fighting Illini. The oh! Fighting Illini. From, wow. They've taken a lot of big hits of late. Yes, they have. Granted, they did fall into a uh, hot shooting John Diebler for the Ohio State University Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a big loss for mm-hmm. the Illini. They have a chance to beat Wisconsin yep. upcoming. But that's just one of those local teams. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting Illini right now sitting, sitting on the proverbial on the big bubble. Bubble, and they they don't beat Wisconsin. They've got to win two games in the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. If they beat Wisconsin and get knocked out in the first, it's a whole juggling match. But they're clearly on the bubble. By the way, Randy Myers, our producer, nice enough to uh, put together. Uh, you said you're a DePaul University graduate. He did put together some of the highlights of DePaul University college basketball over the last 10 years. I think we've got it carded up. Here we go, folks. Justin School, DePaul University, March Madness college basketball highlights last 10 years. That was it. It's great. That was not a technical difficulty. Hey, that was the actual yeah. tape. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for tape. putting that together, Randy. That was Thank the tape. You. Yeah. you stayed overtime yesterday to do that. Of them. course. Of course, and frankly, cheap shot, cheap shot. I very, see. very nice cheap shot. Yeah. Now, if it were on the women's basketball team oh. at DePaul University, it would be right. a much greater in length uh, mm-hmm. highlight tape. All right, well, we're all into always, girls always top tape. twenty-five in, yep. in the country. All right. Hey, number one team in the country. Uh, we mentioned Syracuse playing on Saturday night. They were number four over the weekend. Then number one, two, and three all got beat. Syracuse, number one team in the country. They won again last night. Boy, they look awfully tough. It's way early to be picking and doing the brackets and stuff, Justin, but a couple of teams you've watched you think maybe could be uh, there at the end? Well, Syracuse is my favorite, frankly, because that 2-3 zone right now is working like a charm, and Jim Beheim is uh, a, winning, a winning coach. And, frankly, that de- that team, their scoring ability, their defensive ability, I don't think there's another team in the country, aside from maybe Kentucky, maybe Kansas, that can that can be on that level. Mm-hmm. Um I, I like 
I'll tell you what, there's there's my three right now, and I think that wait wait to step out and pick some surprises by the way. Well, I I will say yeah exactly. <laughs> I will tell you this. I think Georgetown has a good shot too. Okay. Uh, I think Monroe for Georgetown is just an absolute force mm-hmm. on the low block, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm I'm putting my money on All on right. Syracuse. I'm going to give you my surprise pick in the Big Ten tournament. I'm going to do it in a second because we want to go out to the phone lines. He's been hanging on for a while. We appreciate the hang time. Checking in on line number nineteen. It's caller Rick checking in. Big Rick. Hey, what's up, John? How are you? How are you, Rick? I'm good. You know, I'm privy to Justin Weiner's uh, scholastic records, and I see in March that Justin never went to school. Once March Madness started, he never attended class. <laughs> well, <laughs> why pick on Justin, though? Great. I would think it's there's m- more than a few college students that have fallen in that realm. Yeah, but his grades really, really suffered, and uh, that's why he had to go to DePaul. He was going to try and go to a school <laughs> like uh, Bradley, the Harvard of the Midwest, yeah. but he had a, wound up at DePaul. Yeah. See, uh, now my question, Rick, is I'm pretty sure you took that Harvard of the Midwest and threw that uh, on a, an alma mater of yourself with Bradley University. Now, you were a standout in basketball, so, however. Bradley's a good academic school. Oh, of course. Thanks, uh, thanks John. Of course. You, you got to be like Mick, uh, me, Rick, and, and Justin when uh, you know my grades were not exactly stellar either. But And my dad gave me this advice. When people would ask you what colleges you're looking at, I would say, you know, well, I'm looking at Harvard. <laughs> Thinking about Dartmouth, I'm looking at Colgate. You know, they look beautiful. You know, I have no chance I'll go in there, but I've been looking at them. Well, and they look you, they look great on paper. Yeah, exactly. So it sounds good to say you're looking at them. But uh, no, I don't know. Bradley University, uh, Rick, good, solid academic school, and they come March Madness, they don't pay attention to basketball there. It's all academics, right? Oh come on, John. You got to give Bradley a little little bit more benefit than that. <laughs> I was trying to give him the academic benefit. They're, they're hey, pretty... I, want to know, I want to know why Justin's not picking Duke and his boy Shire to win it all. Well, i got to be honest, Rick. Uh, I, I like Duke's chances, but when you only have three players that are scoring more than 75% of your points or, or roughly 75% of your points, if they get in a cold streak, which they have been known to do in the NCAA tournament, uh, at least in the last few years, they have they don't really have anything. And I'm, I'm not a big Brian Zubek fan. I think he's had his games this season, but... Uh, it's almost as if he can be a liability out there on the court. Mm-hmm. Is he still playing for Duke? Zubek I feel, I feel like Brian Shire. Zubek's been in Zubek, school for seven years now. Zubek is actually it's right. finally his last season. Um, now Shire, on mm-hmm. the other hand, has a chance to be one of the, or if yeah. not the yeah. Naismith Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you only have Nolan Smith, Kyle Singler, and John Shire shooting all your, you're making all your buckets. That's that's tough when they don't when they get a, yeah. when they get a cold streak. That's, hey, I mean, didn't you used to carry Shire's bag from gym to gym when you were in high <laughs> I don't know if, as, if, as, if I carried his bag as much as I just broadcasted the games, including in the uh, 2005 Super Sectional game. John Shire had 48 points against Waukegan wow. in the Super Sectional game en route to our end up, it ended up being mm-hmm. our state title game. And he goes on a breakaway for the 50th point. Oh. Tries to dunk it, comes up short. Ah. <sighs> Ended with 48 points. Was the game on the line, or was it garbage time? No, it was. It was more. See, I, I, I had. I have trouble calling it garbage time because when I would broadcast at DePaul University, and I would call it garbage time, the parents of those yes, individuals right. that got into the game would complain. Rightfully so. Parents, yes. the parents of those garbage players would complain. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you could call it that. A nice sympathetic. Justin, okay, so you're telling me that Shire scored 48 points in high school and they won the state championship, and you're worried about Duke having three guys that can score. <laughs> I think Glenbrook North had one guy that could score that year, and they won the state championship. So 
You're they, still not putting your money on Shire? I'm putting – I'll tell you what. I'm putting my money on Shire. You're not a believer? <laughs> I'm putting my money on Shire. However, I am i don't know if I can put all my money on Nolan Smith and Kyle Singler as well. You, you know, if John scores 25, 30 points in a game, he still needs a few other points from other players on the team if they're going to win some big games down the stretch. Well, John's not going to let them lose. That's, that is the other thing. There's the intangible is that, um, having watched John my, pretty much my entire life, he's a guy that is not willing to let his team lose. Mm-hmm. Flat out, he is a, a future. I know he'll probably, you know, hopefully shot at the NBA, maybe play in Europe. Down the road, is he going to be one of those guys sitting next to Mike Shashevsky? Is he a future coach? You would think so. You, I, I would oh, think he's so. He's sitting on an NBA bench, John. He's sitting on an NBA bench. He ain't sitting in a, in a coaching okay. suit. Okay. Well, I did say. He got a basketball outfit on. Yeah, okay. he's definitely a kid that can can make it into the NBA. He's mm-hmm. been on one of the draft boards that I've seen, um, and they keep, you know, obviously they keep changing as we go along. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling that you know, come March Madness, when teams see that this kid is a winner, you know, he may he may just be a role player on an NBA team, but mm-hmm. teams want a guy that's willing right, to do me, whatever. Let me he can. ask caller Rick before we let you go. You're the NBA draft room. You come down to the three. Best white shooting guards available. Who do you pick for your NBA team? Do you, and give me them in order. Andy Routens, John Diebler, Jonathan McGuire, Shire. Well, I go with I go with Shire, especially if I'm the Bulls, because if I pick Shire, I got every guy in Northbrook and Winnetka buying season tickets. Well, so that, not only, you know, now it's a business deal. You pick Shire, you sell a million dollars worth well, of tickets, you're set. Last time I checked, Rick, they weren't exactly having trouble getting rid of Bulls tickets, though. Well, I got to tell you, you, wait till next year. I mean, everybody ready to dump, and now that the Hawks are hot, I think uh-huh. people are switching over. They're changing. All right, I, I think I'd go Andy Routens one. I like that kid a lot. I bet oh, I'd go Shire two. Oh, no, Routens one. <laughs> All right, call Bye-bye. Rick. We got to move along. We appreciate the call, my friend. Okay, you take care, guys. All right, we got to wrap up the show, sadly enough. Uh, caller Rick checking in. We appreciate the phone call. Don't forget we do this show every Monday through Friday, 10 in the morning to 11. Hopefully, Justin, we will uh, get you back. In the meantime, though, people want to hear your work. Uh, where might they do so? Well, you're going to hear it tonight, uh, Chicago Blackhawks broadcast against Edmonton. Um, Are you I'll, announcing? I will be in the studio uh, producing. Uh, Pat so the- Foley took a day off and Justin Weiner filling in. Heck, I, I got to tell you, that would be a spectacular experience. And there's nothing better than hearing Jim Cornelius and, you know, belt out that national anthem at the Madhouse on Madison United Center for a Blackhawks game. But I'll be back in the studio producing. Um, otherwise, hopefully the next time you hear me on the air will be mm-hmm. here, uh, unless there's another opportunity that arises. And very quickly, we never got to the personal life, but uh, from the female standpoint, single and available? Single or? and available. There it is. Single and available. There it is. Now our listening audience will go up. <laughs> there you go. All you got to do is email us, folks. Mike, two guys with old Randy. He did say the available part a little too anxiously. Well, uh, you mean right. single, ready to mingle. Mike, <laughs> Mike, two guys at AOL.com. All the females that uh, send things in, and even a few males, Justin, I will siphon through and send you maybe the top 20%. Yeah. Already there's a girl named Earl. Uh, there's a list. guy named Earl interested. Earl? Yeah. Is he from Mississippi? He's actually not bad looking. He sent his picture. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thanks. Seriously. Thank you very much, John. It's been a pleasure. We will have you back in the near future. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow at 10 for Randy Myers, J.W., Justin Weiner, and the coach. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic.